much to the Neutral Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk about Star Trek loudly and at great length. I'm your host, Kareem, joined as ever by Ari. Hello. And Kim. I've been promoted. Well, just temporarily because I happen to be looking in your direction first. <laughs> We're here to talk about Season 3, Episode 22, The Savage Captain, or as I like to call it, oh, McCoy was right for once? <laughs> also, Curtain. What? You said The Savage Captain. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't that what it was called? No. no. Oh. I would have sworn to God that was what this episode was called. No, it's the Savage Curtain. But yeah, McCoy was right. For what? McCoy was right for the first and only time. Um, okay. Just before we begin, yes. I'm going to read the actual Netflix description of this episode. Oh God. Take me there. Kirk, Spock, Abraham Lincoln, yes. and Sorak are pitted in battle against four notorious villains from history. My first note of the episode is no. (laughs) (laughs) I have a number of qualms with a lot of that statement. First of which... With the N or the O? (laughs) That's quite all right. Um, What I do have problems with is Space Lincoln. I think... Across yeah. the board, I don't think we're happy with this. My notes don't really begin in earnest until, oh my god, I'd totally forgotten this somehow. See, I knew that there was Space Lincoln. I knew that eventually Somewhere. we were getting to Space Lincoln. But, like, you put it out of your mind. I, I had. I had also assumed that Space Lincoln showed up with the actual Declaration of Independence. I don't know why in my like, head. Like, get all those nonsense references out of the way. I had, yeah, I had just assumed, oh, it's about American history. Lincoln and the... Constitution are no, definitely in the same because thing. Because floating space Lincoln. Yeah, I definitely in a chair. In all caps in my notes, space Lincoln appears. Of course. Of course. Fucking space Lincoln. I hate this episode. <laughs> That's fair. It's a terrible episode. I hate everything that it stands for. I think that at the heart, the concept is bullshit. It was incredibly bullshit. It was very Star Trek. So the original storyline that Gene Roddenberry did. Uh, featured Socrates visiting the Enterprise with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> no, that's even better. Yes. Oh, no. Uh, Serac was called Lvov, and the good team also featured a 1970s flower power guru named Pawn. Oh, thank God they left another fucking guru. It gets better. <laughs> the evil team consisted of Mr. Green, whom we'd seen. Yeah. Um, Adolf Hitler. Oh. oh. Yeah, and Attila the Hun. So only Attila the Hun made the cut. Yeah. And apparently this was also supposed to be some kind of sour commentary, I'm quoting directly from Memory Alpha, about present day network television. Gosh darn it. Really? Yes. This was a commentary. I mean, I can understand like there was definitely like a reality TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Like for ratings. But that was like. Not well developed. No, that's pretty. That weak. was that was the original episode, but eventually okay. it was sort of like taken out. But uh, I do love to think that Susan Collins saw this and was like, "You know what? I just need to tweak one or two things, <laughs> and here I've got a franchise on my hands, <laughs> and I'll call it the Poop Monster Games." No, 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 no. Wait, Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about the giant rock. The giant living rock with lights in his head? The lava he, monster? The poop monster? The rock monster. The poop monster. He was made of lava. We saw him glowing repeatedly. Yeah, he looked like a pile of poop. I, I did okay, not Was that the crazy him. guy who was also the carpet? 
I don't think so, but I think we're... Because that looks like a pile of garbage that he would come up with. It is quite a costume. Like... But he was really just moving like a person in a giant rock costume. He was so... Okay, this is going to sound really mean and body shady, but his, um... Gunt? (laughs) Like the part below his stomach, but kind of where his genitals would be? Like Gut is actually an anatomical term. Yeah. Was huge! Why would an alien evolve to do that? He could barely walk. Well, I don't think he but, could evolve. It looked like they were actually lava a lot also, of the time. He was a rock, and they're not supposed to move. No. Oh, shit. It was our favorite Hungarian. Yanas oh, oh, Prohaska. I saw the rock thing, and I was like, it's that fucking guy from the carpet. Oh, Is this no. his last appearance in Star Trek? I think it might be. Um, well, he died. Yeah, I mean, as, as do we all, but oh. no, he <laughs> died. He's dead now. Early. Oh, that really upsets me. It makes the episode worse somehow. The poop monster yeah. is called Yarnak. Okay, uh, sure. I Did don't anyone care. catch that? No, nope. I don't think he introduced himself other than like dance for me monkeys. Oh god, that was so bad. And the furious part about this is that I feel like we've seen this before. Yeah. We have it's um it's like the the one with the arena planet yeah the, except like the Roman gladiator thing mm. well that too but that one was like straight up we're doing this for our entertainment because we're terrible people who enjoy blood sports as opposed to some extremely <sighs> weak ass suggestion so weak that ass. we do this because this is how we learn about other cultures even Temperance Brennan thinks you're the worst anthropologist well, in the universe generally as a rule anthropologists should not force the death of half of their subjects. No, gladiatorial combat is not really considered the best way of learning about culture. But maybe it should be. Maybe we should start bringing that back. I'm reserving judgment on that until we've seen Thor Ragnarok. Okay, so Mm. we've had being forced to fight other people for sport by the glowy brains. Mm -hmm. Yes. Forced to fight other people for sport in front of cameras by the fake Romans. So this is like the third Mm -hmm. time we've done this. Now, I love a good alien fight club for sport episode, but this is too many. Well, this wasn't even that. This was like some trumped up excuse that it was like, it was for educational reasons. It's because, no, it was for philosophy, which everyone knows philosophers make the worst fighters. We do this for the same reason that you came to our planet. Bullshit. (laughs) Like, I believe that the writers believed that, but it was, no. I, like, I get why you want to do, like, fantasy historical battle, Mm -hmm. like, face off, but at least construct a reason that is somewhat under, no, somewhat understandable, because did they make these people? Because they weren't real, like, Space Lincoln is not real. They, They like, they matter transmuted them into existence, because that was their power. They boinged them, basically. Yeah, they boinged. Yeah, without the sound effect this time. Yeah. And then, like, which I feel cheated by, by the way. Filled them up with, like, memories and personality that they got from Oh, the somewhere. Yeah, well, from the memories either. of oh, right. Kirk and Spock. They were exactly what they expected them to be. But, yeah. like, does Kirk have great memories and a lot of knowledge about chaos? Oh, okay. No, I don't understand where these villains come from. Can we have wait before we go on? Can we not call him Kalos? Because that is the least Klingon Klingon we have ever seen in classic Trek and does not do justice to Kalos. But he was Kalos in this. Yeah, so, can, yes, we, can we call him un Because I was offended by that. <laughs> You can call him way less. I will accept Excellent. that. Excellent. Okay, I will accept way less. Yes. But I don't understand where they came from and their sneakiness. And what's their motivation to fight them? 
I guess we they the were programmed to do so. The explanation was power at the end, but sure. Over what this shitty molten planet? Okay. Evil got it evil. So like, I got kind of what the aliens were going for, and that they were pitting people who have ideals of non-violence and cooperation against people who are just in it for the power. But it's not about non-violence. It's about no. good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they that's say it the like thing. six times. So, yes, but like, the sort of the philosophy of the Federation is like, we're explorers. We're not here to make war, but we will kick you if we have to. They are a paramilitary organization. I know. I know they are. But and they, Lincoln definitely way predates that. Predates Starfleet? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Generally, I think we can agree on like, that. It's yeah, not Lincoln even, predates, Lincoln yeah. predates Starfleet? Like, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's not even under the auspices of, like, the values of the Federation. It's the auspices of, what? Goodness. What is this category? Goodness. goodness. Like, I would Lincoln not... Lincoln was our goodest boy. Yeah. Okay. Lincoln wasn't that great. Sorry, America. <laughs> like, this is a very vague... And the only reason he's considered to be on the good side is because he's Kirk's hero. They basically say that. Yeah, okay, so goodness meaning, like, like what I'm trying to get here is that, like, the, the people from Starfleet and, and, like, Vulcan or whatever are supposed to have high moral ideals. Yeah. And that, like, they're buying into, he keeps talking about a philosophy of, like, like, the whole thing with um, Sorak, where he's like, we're going to negotiate, and if they kill us, we just keep negotiating. And, like, that's the ideal, that you don't just, res- like... What's the word I'm looking for? Um, default to violence. I don't think it's as even... a start, and like so that was kind of, that I felt was kind of like what they were trying to get yeah. at is this like how do you fight somebody who really doesn't give a shit? I don't think it was even as sophisticated as that. I think they they looked at Kirk and Spock, who they did say were their sources for all of this, for the whole structure of this, and they went, okay, what are the two? What are the what is the binary of philosophy in your like collective culture? Oh, okay, it's good and evil. Okay, well, what are your top examples of those two categories? And it was Kirk and Spock's definitions of what is good and what is evil that picked who was in the battle. They straight up explained that. Yeah. So Abraham Lincoln and Sirach were there because Kirk and Spock considered them capital G good. Yeah, but I think it also it's really fucking comes facile. down to what Kim was saying is that it's what these aliens are trying to get at is in a survival situation of life or death, what does good do? What does bad do? And we know that bad goes straight to violence and good is supposed to try and avoid violence or find another way of solving the problem, which I think Sarek Sarak Serene did. Except he got straight up killed uh, for it. Yeah, he got stabinated, as did Space Lincoln, who was not even trying to negotiate or no. be good. He was trying to Commando okay. crawl and rescue. That was the funniest thing I've ever. That was fucking, fucking scene. Yeah. That was fucking hilarious. It was so coat. great. And then the moment where like Sirac, 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 good enough, uh, like collapses onto the ground and Lincoln's like shit. Uh, yeah. Again, all of this was really funny when it, but in the in the dressing gown. On something that is supposed to be really serious. Yeah. Of good versus evil. But I think the poop monster is too hard on them because they did, Sarek did try peace. Sure. And Kirk was like, yes, you must do what you must do that is right for you. Yeah. And it, I respect what you're doing, bro, but you're going to get stabbed. Well, and that was the other thing is that Kirk tells the rock monster that he also set him up with conditions that rock into violence. Yeah. 
Yeah, Kirk did it, not choose to do all it. All that really no. gets driven home is that at no point during this do we define good or evil. Like, no one in this in this argument thinks the same thing about what those two words mean. And even the rock monster at the end, he's like, so basically as far as I can tell by the conditions that I set, there's no real difference because of course you both use similar methods. It's like, well, yeah, But there, they did. Like, Sarek went over Shrek. I'm calling him Shrek. Just no, Sarek. Sarek, Kareem, you're going to have to know this. This is an important this fundamental will become cornerstone important. of Vulcan philosophy. Will I? Yes. yes. Okay, so Shrek goes oh, over. Oh, God. Sarek. I you so much right now. I'm to try and negotiate. He attempts to do that. Yeah. And then I think that the other thing that shows the difference between good and evil is that when he is supposedly calling for help, and Kirk hears him. He tries to go and rescue him at the risk of his own sure. life and the risk of others. That everyone makes the, the 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 choice that it is important to help others who are in need and in distress, and that's what makes them different. So I don't understand what the poop monster's problem is because the yeah. poop monster didn't understand the categories in the first place. That's why. Well, or no. they were never he set saw out them the demonstrably place. behaving differently. The only yeah. thing is, is that when they fought, they did defend the, themselves. But the poop monster didn't understand those being the ideals of good versus evil. Well, well, he's like, I don't understand the difference. And at the end, he's like, well, no, I still don't understand the difference. The, and, the, like, the thing that got me about the conditions that they set is that for the bad guys, the poop monster was just like, you're in this for yourselves and your own power. Yeah. But to Kirk and Spock, it wasn't about, like, you're in this for your own survival and you can do with your lives as you choose. Yeah. It was... Oh, your whole ship full of three hundred and something people. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna kill them. Would so you like, play a board game where everybody's goals are different? Yes, yes. I, I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. No, because the conditions are unfairly yeah. stacked. That you are forcing people. Your stakes to, are way you higher. Force people to behave in a certain manner. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, Shrek, Sirak still does next. behave. Differently, yeah. He tries to negotiate. Here's the thing, though: the first person who attempts to negotiate is not the white hat side; it's Green. Uh, no, Green is playing them. Yeah, of course he is, but he's the first one who technically makes an overture. No, because he is playing them; he is distracting them. Yeah, but it's not it's not instantaneous violence. Like from the point of view of the poop monster, that's what he means by "this is the same." Well, no, because Sarek isn't about Colonel Green. Literally says. You know, I know I have a reputation for, like, yeah. attacking people who are trying to negotiate. But Kirk's this, like, this is actually just a negotiation. Yeah. And then people fucking attack. Like, he told Kirk exactly what he was going to do. But the monster didn't understand the difference between those two approaches. The monster's fucking stupid. That's my point. This but is a meaningless Shrek contest. Shrek gives up his life in the pursuit Sorak. of peace. Yes, he does. Sorak and does. And surely that is different enough. He does not, he is not armed when he's going in that. He does not have the backing of other people. He goes simply on a mission of I'm peace. I'm not saying that we disagree that there is a difference between good and evil. I'm saying that the contest disagrees that there's a difference between good and evil. But No, the contest shows that there is a difference between good and evil. But the person evil. setting the terms of the contest is not the combatants, it's the rock monster. Yes, and yes. that's why the rock monster should have understood from Sorak's condition, like what Sorak yes. did, what good is, because... He has the same conditions as the bad guys. He's in it just for himself at this yes. point. Yes, um, he's His life is not conditional to anything other than his own life. And this is how he chooses to behave. He chooses to be well, selfless. He chooses to negotiate. Yes. He chooses nonviolence. Like, yes. Sorak is the 
like, is the example of good. Yes, exactly. And his behavior yeah. is demonstrably different from all of the evil side. But yeah. that only matters if the person setting the, the rock monster has no concept of good or evil or selflessness or necessarily value. No, Ari! The thing is, is that he is looking for differences in behavior of the two groups between good and evil. And right. for fuck's sakes, he's got an example right there. Except what's the difference from the rock monster's point of view? If you don't understand what selflessness is or the value of it or even the difference in stakes, which makes the whole contest meaningless... It between Surak doing that for selfless reasons mm-hmm. and one of the bad guys doing that to trick someone and just ending up getting because killed. Because one of them was a trick. Yeah, but the rock monster doesn't understand that. I'm sure. saying that this is stupid and poorly written and we should stop trying to apply reason to it because it I is I feel like you're taking the poop monster's side in this. I'm not. I'm saying the poop monster is an asshole. This contest was a waste of everyone's time. Especially ours. <laughs> I don't disagree also, with that. they never explain why they're at this planet in the first place. My favorite part of this episode comes at the end where they come up to this planet and they're like, well, shitty planet, which comes into my metaphor about the poop monster. <laughs> they take a look at it like, well, this is a pretty terrible planet. All this bad stuff happens. McCoy is right, which infuriates me to no end. <laughs> and at the end, Kirk's like, well, on to the next one. Really? Yeah. They never even explain why they're there in the first place, except that, oh, well, it's weird. There seems to they be a land. Ari. It's what they do. Yeah, but how did they come here? McCoy shows up because they're like, there's life on this planet. And McCoy's like, bullshit, there's life on this planet. There's only been space legends about this place. Yeah, that's another thing. Space never legends? <laughs> and never spoken of again. <laughs> Let's there never was, speak of this. There were space legends about the um on the memory alpha planet, the light people. They're from the south of space. There were space legends about them too. Space south. Where are space legends coming from? Stupid. And maybe we should space. pay more attention. Okay, and then they're being scanned, and the ship just kind of goes, you know what? No. And just shuts itself down. <laughs> it's kind of how I felt about this. I That's literally fair. the first note on my page is no. Well, because it gets worse. And then the planet pieces out and is replaced by, all together, ladies, Space Lincoln! Lincoln. Not just Space Lincoln, but Space Lincoln sitting in a chair floating in space. Like the Space Lincoln Memorial. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, god. If we ever go to space, that's what I'm funding. I want a Space Lincoln Memorial. So, just floating around. I, I think we need to take a second or two uh, and issue fair warning that in this episode... Space Abraham Lincoln comes on board the Enterprise. Yes, that's a good warning to have first. Greets, greets Nyota Uhura. Ooh. As, and I want to hear pause and apologize on behalf of all white people everywhere. Uh, and then say the words, and then we can never ever say them again. A charming negress. That is... Like... Is this... Very uncomfortable. Yeah. And then it's sort of like, there's all this stuff. It's like, oh, it's okay. We don't live in the shitty past anymore. We don't fear words. And it's like, is this the most post-racial, middle-class, white dude thing you've ever seen on television? It's such a strange thing to say. Yeah. Like, because that's not the biggest problem that Lincoln was facing in his presidency race-wise. And like, okay, it's been 400 years, roughly speaking, but on the other hand, I kept going, Uhura's reaction versus what I know would have been Benjamin Sisko's reaction. It's just, you could have chosen... Many issues to tackle here. And that's and the taxonomy one? was your path? Like yeah. It was like, very weird. It was very weird to pick they on did, that. They did a, there's a DS9 episode, like the, the casino episode. 
where yeah, where they the where they do where they do Ocean's Eleven, but in a hol- in a holodeck, basically, where they have a conversation just like this, except that that one is about the importance of casting diversely, even in historical stuff, because representation is important. Because it was like, well, the past like nineteen sixties Las Vegas was terrible for everyone who wasn't a white dude, and they're being like, well, yes, but how cool is it that we can recreate the past? and make it look like today, and also representation. And it was a very different conversation than this one, which was like, oh, let's not worry about that anymore. Well, not even let's just not worry about that. Let's not worry about the naming of things. Yeah. Which, again, not the biggest problem that Abraham Lincoln had to deal with in race relations during his presidency. Americans have this weird reverence for Lincoln vis-a-vis slavery, which is not necessarily earned. Well, I... But there's a very... There's a a mythical status to it on this particular subject. I don't think you can argue that he wasn't a visionary and didn't pursue... Well, sure. ...better things. But there's a cult status to it. Well, I so think I get was... them doing it, but I think it was a bad idea. I don't know. I didn't think he was that bad. I didn't enjoy him getting well, scared think... in the back. <laughs> sure. But I think that's why they chose to have that conversation. But it was... Ooh, no. But we're not even there yet. <laughs> sure yeah. Guys. Space Lincoln beams aboard. No. no. It's so much better. So Kirk... He, Space Lincoln shows up on the TV. And Kirk, Kirk does this little out of the side of his mouth whistle. Spock. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, Lincoln's like, hey, can I come on the ship? And Kirk's like, sure, absolutely, Mr. President, come right aboard. <laughs> As if this is just the funniest thing that has Well, it is funny, happened. because everything about this, he orders full dress uniforms, he orders a formal reception in the transporter room, a mm-hmm. dude plays a pipe, like, this is 50% He's fanboying Abraham Lincoln because, by the way, that is why they choose Abraham Lincoln. I don't think he's fanboying it, but he thinks it's really, really funny. Well, he straight up says that Lincoln is one of his historical heroes. And that is why Lincoln is one of the people who is created for them. So half of it is James Kirk fanboy of Abraham Lincoln. And half of it is that James Kirk is a troll. I aim the percentages a little bit higher on that second one. Well, the thing, the reason the... Kirk explains to Spock at some point of why they're doing this is like we don't know who he is really. He could be an alien and aren't we supposed to be like polite to new people? Yeah, he made I a like planet that. disappear so maybe we could, you know, like put on a fancy suit for him. Yeah. Yeah, which seems like fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um there's before like again, even before Lincoln beans up, there's this whole business with uh, Lincoln being like, you'll be above my position in yeah. 12 and a half minutes. 12 and a half Earth minutes. Do you still use minutes? Yeah. And then, like, we sit there and we watch the thing appear and we watch the, like, the planet minutes, change. Yeah. And it's like, why did we need this? Couldn't they have cut this out and give us some more, like, bitching fight sequences at the end? Oh, well, they could oh, give us zero bitching fight sequences. <laughs> I would have been fine with zero. It was just, it was like tedious and i was just like this is just filling time right now speaking of the bitching fight sequences i would have liked a little bit more character development for evils yeah Yeah. like the lady didn't say a single word no i wish i wish they had like stats for it like (laughs) this is trollia the poisoner she killed two thousand i wanted like a health bar 
That would have made the fight scenes much more interesting. It was like a health bar, like where you get juices and vitamins. (laughs) Or that. Are you hungry? Do you need a pick-me-up? Yeah, so before before they beam them up, um, the scanner sees something that is not, obviously not Abraham Lincoln, because it's not Abraham Lincoln. Okay, the fact that they have this conversation, is it Abraham Lincoln? No! Yeah. No, it is not. But they're trying to figure out what it actually is, and he says the sensors temporarily view it as living rock with heavy four claws. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's a lot of really silly drums, and Abraham Lincoln is there. Scotty is wearing his kilt and his plaid over his shoulder, and he's pissed! Scotty has no time for this. He's like, why the fuck do I have to dress up? This is also a totally different tartan than the last time we saw his tartan. Again, I don't even think were, this is a They were being cancelled in two seasons or yeah. two episodes. Like, you gotta. I love that coppers. the lava aliens know exactly what Abraham Lincoln looks like, but not that people don't float on chairs in the vacuum of space. Yeah, that. I mean, to their knowledge, we don't know that he didn't do it. Like, it could have been Lincoln the Missing Years. Yeah, very well. Um, I'm fairly confident, but that's okay. It's so great. So yeah, Lincoln comes on. Scotty gives an explanation, or they give an explanation of what the transport. One of is, the more horrifying descriptions. It's the scariest fucking thing I've ever heard. Okay, but not only do they have to explain transporters to Lincoln because yeah. he doesn't understand, and they also have to explain recorded music to Lincoln. I don't know if they ever actually have explained the transporters up to this point. No, they didn't. They haven't, to my knowledge. It is, by the way, never again described as a matter energy scrambler. Okay, scrambler is a that's not a great strong word. word to be using when referred to your entire being. Picks, yeah. picks up your body, disassembles it, shoots it across space, and then reassembles it at the other end. That was the scariest explanation I've ever heard in my life. After hearing that, I was like, "Oh, I would. Why would no?" Now you do you understand the character of Reginald Barkley a little bit? Yeah, better now? And he Velasky. was right. There were giant bugs in the transporter. He's right. This is scary. It's not you. It's just a reasonable facsimile of you. I read recently, because this has bothered me for years, because if you think about it too hard, the transporter is actually, you die, and then they make yes. a new one, and yes. no, one would, no one else would ever know the difference, because they're interacting with the version of you that looks and seems exactly the same. But, but I it's not thing, you, you're dead. I read a thing recently where there has to be space folding involved in order for all the data to get there in time, so it might still be you. But as it's usually explained, yeah, you could just be dying, and you'd never know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah. On the one hand, this is extremely bananas, but on the other hand, this is such a diplomatic, open-minded, nerdy, Starfleet way of dealing with this situation. Like, yeah, it's probably a rock monster, and this is the one of the more insane things happened to us this year, but that doesn't mean we can't be polite. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's great, because Kirk keeps having, like, is he reincarnated, Lincoln? Yeah. Like, is he a rock? Yeah. I have no idea. We just beamed aboard the ship, but we're definitely letting him wander around the bridge. And then Kirk says something. There are a number of weird things that he says during this episode that make me believe that he is actually an immortal time traveler. Lincoln or Kirk? Kirk. Kirk. First one is, he seems just so right. He said with a first-hand knowledge of someone who had personally met Lincoln no, the first time. This is literally his mental image of Lincoln, so of course he seems right. This is how he always imagined Lincoln. You could say that, but the text does not support it. They literally say they got their images of these people from Spock and Kirk's heads. Or. Literally say it out loud on the screen. He is an immoral time traveler. There is. I am going to refer back to this. They are how. Precisely how you always imagined them. Are they not? Okay. (laughs) 
from well, their heads. This is not a mystery. Wait for the knockout punch at the end of the episode, and then rethink. So, at this point, I have a note that says, so about your balloons, but I don't know what that's talking about. <laughs> okay, so during the Civil War, I actually know the answer oh, to this. Oh, right. They had spy balloons. They had spy balloons. They, like, they your balloons the are so great. Remember? Yes. Yeah. Your spy balloons were so balloons. great. They went this high up. We're way higher than that. Everyone is really interested in so how you measure things. that the distance is meaningless. Oh, uh, that's what that was about. I'm just going to come out right now and say it before we go any further. I know nothing about Lincoln. <laughs> Like, I've watched the movie Lincoln with Daniel Day-Lewis, <laughs> and the only thing I took away from that was, surprise Gordon, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm-hmm. surprise James Spader, and Sally Field's dress was amazing! Yeah, there's literally no reason for any of us to know anything about Lincoln, though. I do know the song from The Simpsons about Lincoln. I'm very happy what for is that? you. Lincoln, no. Lincoln, I've been thinking, what the hell have you been drinking? Is it water? Is it wine? Oh my god, it's turpentine! Oh no. <laughs> I don't Lincoln. know. Okay. Poor Lincoln. So there's the whole incredibly mortifying, oh silly me, I'm from the past where everything sucked conversation. The only part about that conversation that I like is Ahura saying... We've learned with what we Kirk are. Kirk says that, unfortunately. No, it fine. would be better if Akura said it. It's all nonsense, but I actually liked that line. She says, we've learned not to fear words, and I'm like, oh, you had to have the black woman say that? But that we are delighted with what we are. Yeah, sure. I like that. I like delighted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Again, my next note is gnome. I do want to know, all. guys, if you could have seen Kareem's face at the moment where he said the word... You were frozen, like completely still for like I a minute and I did not remember it, and I did not see it coming. And <laughs> the second Miss Lincoln appeared, I'm like, "Oh shit, this is what's going to happen." <laughs> yeah. So, what does my note, Ari, <laughs> my note whisper, gnome, as in like a gnome, meaning? Okay, the, all. the Vulcan flaw. Oh so yeah, we have, yeah. We have like a ten minute speech on IDIC. Kim, what does IDIC stand for? Infinite diversity, infinite conversation. There was yeah. Spock talks was... about Vulcan philosophy. Really? And Lincoln yeah. and Lincoln says this weird thing, which is one of the things where it's like we know these people are from their heads because he says uh, he talks about like the found founding of Vulcan philosophy, which the is no. The word is nom. Oh. Um, meaning all, and then he says, "But how did I know that?" Exactly. Well, yeah, how did Lincoln know that? Oh, Miles, yeah. Lincoln also knows that there's a Vulcan on that planet. There's a Vulcan on that planet! <laughs> one of greatest, one of the greatest living Vulcans, except not because he died thousands of years ago. But okay. Yeah. He's waiting down there for you. No hurry. It's cool, fine. Cool, cool, cool. We also find out that Bones of Scotty have been, like, waiting in the space this meeting room. This is so great. So for, great. like, two so great. hours. So great. So there is a space uh, staff meeting that Kirk is late to, and Scotty and McCoy have spent the entire time bitching about Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What the fuck is wrong with the captain? Has he lost his mind? Why is he letting... He's clearly not Lincoln. And then Kirk and Spock walk back in and they're like, well, obviously he's not really Lincoln. Did you guys forget we're scientists? It's so yeah. great because McCoy is like, the entire crew is shocked. Shocked, I say. Because Are they of course really? he spends his entire time gossiping and yeah, you know obviously. it. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and BT Dubs, he's invited us down for tea. Yeah, of course. And it's totally legit. And McCoy's like, no, you're being charmed by him. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone like drills. A snake. Yeah. There was a Just thing like there was a, a thing in, there was a thing in this part that I wasn't snake. I wasn't really paying attention to most of this episode, but there's a thing That's there. <laughs> there was a thing in this part where somebody said something about Earth and pointed in a direction and Spock in the bitchiest movie yeah. ever is like, no, Earth that way. <laughs> 
so much. Yeah. Spock was amazing in this episode. So yeah, they're gonna the, just the two of them, Spock and Kirk, are gonna beam down to the planet, and they do. But when they try to beam down, their phasers and their communicator. Uh, by the way, not their communicator, just their um, tricorder. Yeah. There's this weird little moment while they're beaming down, um, where. Uh, Bone, Scotty and Bones are like sort of bent together gossiping. It's like, well, what if it's all an illusion and they're fooling our sensors and they beam down into lava? I'm like, literally all you ever have to go on that what you're beaming yes. down to is not going to kill you is your sensors. You're just as sure now as you ever are. What if everything is an illusion? It could all be a lie. Um, I did like that the whole planet was lava and I kept screaming in my head, the floor, floor is lava! Me <laughs> too. Unfortunately, this part isn't. They bleem down to a crappy desert set, and Lincoln immediately is like, guys, everything is cool. It's fine. It's all good. Serac Serac is there, and Spock has a moment. Mm-hmm. It's very moving, or something. Um, up on the ship, the lights start flickering. Yeah, it powers down. The ship yeah, is just out of power. Red alert, powers out. I have a ocean. question uh, for Kim. Yes. Because uh, Serac comes in introduces himself he looks like his clothes are on backwards yeah he does okay great yeah so he's wearing okay his, why his... are you excited about that because i don't know it was an interesting detail it is one of the only interesting costumes in the episode it is the only costume in the episode that i'm going to bother with because everything else That's is fair. fucking boring totally fair, fair. Fair, 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 fair. um so he's wearing a long tunic with stripes that run in curves so he's got a whole bunch of thin stripes that are sort of like in like bumpies it's all along. It's like, it's like you get, you get a close-up look at it and it's like rickrack, but it's in like rainbow bumps. Like if you were drawing like rolling it, hills. It's like the, the, color the inside of an wild. old, uh, like a 1960s book. It's yeah. that same yeah. pattern. Yeah. And yeah, it's marbling. It's like, um, it is mar- yeah. 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 Paper marbling. So he's got like uh, elbow length sort of wide sleeves and he's wearing, the tunic is belted and he's wearing like gray tights underneath. But when you get sure. a look at the back... I did um, not get a look at the back. The front is long. The front of the tunic is in like a round dip below his knees, yeah. and it comes up, like it shortens at his back, and then there's like a split down the back. It's like he's got two halves wrapped around, and belted in the back, like a blanket or something. I have this strong suspicion Ooh. that Surak's costume, with its wild ass scalloped collar, is in fact a 1960s house coat on backwards. It might be. In which case, I am very impressed by the uh, MacGyvering involved in that. I would also like to interject to say that the first choice for the role of Lincoln was Mark Lennard. <gasps> really? Yes. That would have been awesome. Confusing, but yes. cool. But yeah, and I mean, Sorak is a Vulcan, so he's wearing a very severe bowl cut and pointy ears. He's and kind of a cutie. He's yeah. extremely a cutie. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, good. Yeah. Good. Nice to have you on board. Mm-hmm. Nice to have you on board. Okay. They snip at each other. It's great. It's, it's great. like, you're an illusion. You're not logical. You're not logical. Yeah, but I, it, you showed emotion. Would it kill okay, you to be polite, even if I am fake? Such logic. <laughs> yeah. Such logic. And then, rocks fall. Yeah. Kirk's like, okay, look, this is clearly all bullshit. Could someone explain what's happening? And then the actual shit appears to explain things. <laughs> it is... Yeah, a rock stands up. Yeah, his name is Yarnak or something like that. It doesn't matter. And apparently everyone is watching Excalbia is the name of the planet, I guess. Okay, so Yarnak the Rock has no face. Mm -mm. No. He's a giant rock that kind of stands up and tips back and forth occasionally. He has a giant gut. Yes. 
he light has boss. five light bulbs sticking he out of his head. Five that plus. flash when he talks. Yes. Yep. And he has a very deep speaking voice. Great English for an alien. Mm. For an alien rock. I think he's speaking directly into their heads. But my favorite part about the light bulbs is that someone worked so hard on that. Oh, God. And probably several someones thought that was an amazing costuming accomplishment. It looks like garbage. Literally. It looks like <laughs> literally poop. actual garbage. It looks, it looks like, like a pile of animal poop. So With a drama. Yeah. A drama. Yes. And then about... I stuck some IKEA lights in it. Yeah. This is where the reality TV angle comes in, which is why this is not anthropology. Um they wait, describe wait, wait. it as a drama about <laughs> yes. to unfold. Yes. yes. At this point I still thought the episode was called The Savage Captain. So I'm like, and here are the other captains from other city ships. There is Wireless the Unforgettable. <laughs> Lies because I forgot that he was in this episode. Zora? Zorba? The Greek? I don't know. The lady. Zora. The lady. I wrote this down. Yeah. We have Genghis Khan. We have Colonel Green, who is from. Uh, I gather. He's from the Eugenics Wars. Well, he says a genocidal war in the 21st century on Earth, which I looked this up. This is was one, there more this than is, one? Well, it sounds like there were little words that all sort of came together before, after, during, around, and I'm using air quotes here, World War Three. This is that period of Earth history that is never really properly explained in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. This guy appears once in original series and a bunch of times in Enterprise. Oh, Which is yeah. why I'm looking at Kim, because Kim's the only one who watched Enterprise. Okay, yeah, he's probably in Enterprise. He's probably in the end of the fourth season. He's in like a half a dozen episodes. Which episodes read the titles to I, me? I did not look up all okay. the titles. I looked um, at them. Probably, <laughs> there's a really fucking stupid plot line in season four where a bunch of people are like, we hate aliens, let's kick them all off the planet. Yeah. And then to prove Earth that... Al- otherwise. And then Earth. to prove that aliens are terrible, make a alien-human hybrid baby. Oof. Yeah. yeah, it's really fucking stupid. I think he's probably involved in that plot line. Well, the thing is that this... He was pre-First Contact, he or mostly, because... Then, no, not... Well, First Contact... Colonel Green. We know exactly when First Contact was. We know the exact date... It's uh, April yeah. Well, April fifth, twenty sixty three. By the way, I can. But like, yeah, this whole period in history is always so fucking confusing. I could definitely say that Enterprise takes place after First Contact. Yeah, it definitely does. So I don't know if he like cold sleeped himself or something, but the part in history that they're talking about is the early twenty first century. So I don't. He must have like put himself in stasis or something. I don't remember without knowing what episodes of Enterprise. Well, unless he's he's either involved with the stupid plot to make a baby. He's a violent eco-terrorist. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Or he's involved with the stupid plot to make high, like, there's a lot of stupid plots. I don't know. I don't yeah. care enough. It's dumb. Um, it's good. It's his uniform, period. though, is just like a red flight suit. Yes. Yes, it is. With like, with like, you know, despot medals. You know the kind. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that I remember about Zora was her crazy eyebrows. Yeah, she had like bananas eyebrows, and she was yes. wearing like a, just like a brown leather mini skirt so and like boring. a furry green, a furry so gray top. Boring. It was like really dull. Yeah. Um, and then Kayless. Yeah, Kayless was the fourth Kayless one. Kayless shoes. Yeah. Who's supposed to be like the oh, great? Oh, Attila Ka- the Hun was there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or no, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. So like Kayless, who we later learn is like. The great founding hero of the Klingon Empire. Yeah, he's like Father Klingon, and he's is like this asshole considered to be like 
I refuse. Wor- one of the worst people in history at this point. Like, oh. I mean, obviously yeah. they hadn't fleshed out the character or whatever, but no. like, it's a weird like, place. Why they just Char- like, it's a weird yeah. character to have gripped onto and turned into like a cultural hero. Well, here's the other thing is that at this point, the Klingons are straight up fucking enemies. So I think that that's like a, a like a cultural bias description because he pl- they pluck Kalas out of their heads. So they look at Kalas as, because they don't know the Klingons that well yet. I still think this representation of Kalas is stupid because the later version of him, just like everything Klingon, is much, much better. But, like, if they think that Klingons are all, you know, conquesty monsters, then, of course, they're going to see the great hero of their culture as a tyrant. Also, he is just the father of ventriloquism. Wearing really bad brown face makeup. It's great. So Poop Monster is like, okay, here's the deal. This is a this is a survival contest between life and death. We're all watching on our TVs. We're going to see which philosophy, good or evil, is stronger. And then we'll learn. And if you survive, you can go back to your ship. And McCoy was right. And Kirk says, no, thank you. We are not interested in this stupid game. Yep. Yeah. At this point, I was already bored with the entire uh, conversation. I was like, so they're here to learn from humanity's varying flaws. This uh, lacks scientific method is what I wrote down. I wrote that it was a philosophy off. (laughs) Philosophy (laughs) Hunger Games. I really enjoy that. It's like a Monty Python skit with all the philosophers playing football. (laughs) Pretty much this. So from this point on, I pretty much exclusively referred to the rock monster as Rock Hut. Like Jabba the Hut. Alright, I'm sticking with Poop Monster. But I respect your efforts there. Yeah, because we are on the side of good and uh-huh. can deal with other people. Yeah, he's like, why won't you just fight? We'll give you a new weapons you want. It'll be fun! Oh, it's so They're stupid. like, um, no thanks. Yeah. He's they, like, you'll decide otherwise. Colonel Green tries to, like, sneak it out. I would like to very much, like, gloss over all of this. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They fight no. each other. They, they, they trick each other. They try to strategize. Basically, they make camps on other either side of, like, a desert field. With crappy spears, which I don't know where the wood is coming from, yeah. and styrofoam rocks. Yeah. yeah, they make spears, they pick up a bunch of rocks, and they throw yeah. rocks at each other. Yeah, it's really off. dumb. The whole thing with Colonel Green that I really liked is that he comes over and he's like, I don't want to fight. Let's team up against the alien. Kirk actually is like, well, that's great, but you like to attack in the middle of negotiations. <laughs> and then my notes say, Colonel Green says, I've changed. He hasn't, because they attack. Yeah. This is obviously a trap. My favorite thing is, like, after their first tussle, Kirk's like, no! The poop monster shows up and says, I am so disappointed in you. We are doing you such an honor, such an honor to participate and be our teachers. I am not honored. (laughs) And so the poop monster's like, fine, we're going to set a ticking time clock on your ship, because what episode of Star Trek would be without it? Someone, in fact, says the odds are in our favor, and <laughs> I just about died. I also have a note here that Lincoln and Sorak think they should team up and take out The Rock. Yes! <laughs> yeah, and The Rock keeps being like, oh, this is so disappointing. We hoped you'd teach us whether good and evil is stronger, and fuck. Damn it. Okay, so the oh, point of this no, wasn't that it one or the other was stronger. It was that the point wasn't that one was stronger than the other. That they're equal? That it doesn't matter which one is stronger. It matters which one you pick. What? Like, Wait. the value of good versus evil? 
they're asking different questions. Like the rock monster is like, which is stronger? Because that's how they decide what is good versus what is bad. Whereas everyone down on the planet, the white hats are like, we're not really interested in what is stronger. Even if evil is stronger, we're never going to choose evil because good is good. It's an essentialist argument versus like a, like a, a weighing contest. They're totally different conversations. Like we don't care. Even if evil was stronger, we still wouldn't choose evil is what they come down to. It's not that complicated. I don't think from the poop monster's point of view. Well, no, that's isn't. because the poop monster's stupid. Yeah, they're choosing a straight up like, strength contest. Know what is stronger? Will yeah the representatives from evil win or good win? That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, but no one on the planet surface can poss- is capable of having that contest and leaving it at that. Which is why the white hats don't want to kill anybody and the black hats won't stop. Well, also because that's who they are. Anyway. So, uh, he lets the Enterprise watch all of this. How kind. Yeah, yeah. so thoughtful. On, At one point... Like, on, with great camera angles. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. At one point, I think the rock monster actually announces to the Enterprise crew, like, or You're he's, welcome! He's like, you're, you know, I'm gonna let you guys watch this. It's gonna be entertaining and profitable for you guys. What can I say except you're well, welcome? I yeah. kind of think he expects the Enterprise to be like, a fight? Awesome! Let's monetize this and beam it out to the galaxy on <laughs> our cable network. At, at one point, they introduce a ticking clock because they fucked up the Enterprise somehow. They give us, okay, so they give us a four-hour ticking clock. We go to commercial. We come back from commercial. We're down to two hours. <laughs> Well, thank God. Everyone's yeah. been gathering sticks and rocks. Yeah, Everyone well, has been whittling their hours. hearts out. Yeah. So Kirk found a base. Kirk yeah. found a great base. They some found some rocks. rocks. Sarek is like, you know what? I am going to try. Pe- I'm going to give peace a chance. And everyone's like, oh, no. You're going to die. Um, in yeah. here? I've, again, this comes up with, I know nothing about what's happening with Lincoln stuff, but Lincoln <laughs> compares Kirk to Grant. Yes. To General Grant. I have no idea if that's a compliment or not. It was unclear from context, even. It was a compliment. It showed... Kirk doesn't seem sure. Well, no, because Kirk thinks he's going to be compared to himself, but in fact, he is compared to the uh, opposing side general. Mm. Okay. That he had grudging respect for. Oh, I know nothing about American history in this realm. Is this Civil War era stuff? Yeah. Yes. Okay. The bloodiest period in my country's history. By the way, no longer true story, Lincoln. But, oh, uh, yeah. My, my total sum knowledge of American Civil War is gone with the wind. Oh, Rhett, Rhett. That's a great scholar. My dad dragged us around Gettysburg for five and a half hours once. I would have. So I know more than I would like. I would love, with the last con- uh, comment that you said, Ari, about how it was like our nation's bloodiest history. And then when they introduced Colonel Green of the Genocidal Wars, Lincoln was uh. like, what's the Genocidal Wars? <laughs> uh, better that you not know. Yeah. Better um, that you not know. During this, Kirk is like, okay, we need to make some weapons. He turns to Spock. He's like, I believe the ancient Vulcans had a boomerang of some kind. Because obviously Spock knows how to build one of those. God knows I am an expert at building ancient Welsh longbows. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure that you guys can build things that were popular upwards of a thousand years ago in your ancestors' On the other hands. hand, you know for a fact that Vulcans have some kind of weird-ass girl guide shit that everyone has to take. <laughs> I never learned okay. to make boomerangs This reminds me of an episode of Voyager where they're trapped down on a planet and they're like, let's make weapons. And Tuvok comes up, he's like, I made this bow and arrow. No, Chakotay, who's like a Native American, is like, Tuvok, 
my people never really used bows and arrows. And Tuvok's like, yeah, I know. This is for me. I'm a championship archer. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that. Good yeah. old Tuvok. So Surak decides he's going to go kill himself. Well, he walks off to die, let's face it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirk, watching him wander off, wander off to die, he's like, you know, maybe it's our belief in peace that's actually being tested. Spoiler, it's not. The thing that I liked here is when Surak goes to see Green... Is what, the question that Green's asking is he wants to know what is Sorak getting out of this? Yeah. And that was, that's sort of for me the definition between good and evil is... What are you fighting for? What are you fighting for? And Green in this can't conceive of Sorak doing something that will have no personal gain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are fighting for gain and for power. Mm-hmm. There's a really, really, really good moment where... Kirk is kind of having an aside to Spock, who Spock, I think, kind of likes this illusion, but is also like, well, it's obviously an illusion, so I'm not going to get too attached. Kirk says, he's very brave, and Spock says, men of peace usually are, which I thought was a really, really excellent section. Of course, like, men of peace usually get killed, so... But yeah, but it it takes bravery to stick to your ideals... In the face of, like, great personal danger. Like, one could almost argue goodness. Yeah. There is, however, a point. And Serac reaches it pretty quickly, where pacifism accomplishes nothing. about 30 seconds of contact with the enemy. Yeah. And then we just hear him screaming from across the rocks. And again, here's another point where if I were the poop monster, I'd be like, oh, well, they go to the aid of those who are in danger, in Mm -hmm. peril. Despite the fact that they did not agree with my course of action. So Kirk has to go and investigate. He, his words are, I have to! But Lincoln goes instead. Because yeah. he Lincoln... was a backwoodsman. Oh, for fuck's sake. This was the best part of the episode. Yeah. So good. This was he amazing. is like shellacked in makeup. So, so like, much. Lincoln, okay, we haven't talked about Lincoln's costume at all. Well, but it's because like, he looks like Lincoln. Take your stereotypical image of Lincoln and that's gotcha. exactly what you get. He's got the beard. Yeah. He's in a black long coat. He's yeah. wearing a top hat. Yeah. He goes to rescue Surak yes. in full Lincoln yes. gear by <laughs> army crawling through the dirt in full Lincoln costume. It is yeah. the greatest thing. Plus, it is so there is great. absolutely no reason for him to army crawl because he checks to make sure the camp is deserted before he tries it. It's like, buddy, you can move a lot faster if you just walk. He's also he army crawls across yeah. maybe six feet of dirt. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. Wow. He's wow. also kind of secretly evil because he's like, oh yeah, and then when we sneak up behind them, I'm going to kill all of them. And Greg's yeah. like, what? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Don't worry about it. Continue sharpening Don't sticks. Don't worry about it. Lincoln's going to take care of all yeah. of you. Yeah. So Kirk and Spock go to distract them with wooden spears, and which they all throw very ineffectually at each Whoa. other. Well, it's meant to be a distraction, but let's, yeah. Like, yeah. And while Lincoln army crawls through the dirt. Um, yeah. But it's all for naught, because about five seconds later, Lincoln comes out, and he's got a spear in his oh, back. Oh, that was my favorite moment. Yeah. Just like, damn, they speared Lincoln. <laughs> and Kirk just goes batshit and tackles someone. And yeah. and then this just sort of goes on for a while. It goes on for so There's long. some more scuffling. It I lasts forever. did not pay much attention to That's the fight. I was done. online shopping at the time. So. <laughs> did you buy anything? No, I just oh. put it all in my cart. Oh, so, I'm online shopping right now. <laughs> Rock Monster Amazing. decides, for no particular reason, that uh, good won. Well, also, his moral is that evil retreats when it is confronted. 
but your methods are the same, and they fail to demonstrate any real difference between the two philosophies. And Kirk says, fuck you! Basically, yes. And the poop monster's like, but I need to know new things. Like, you need to know new things. Like, ships and stuff? Kirk's like, had, had it occurred to you to do this not with Hunger Games? No, anyways. He says, you establish the oh. methods and the goals. And oh. Rock Monster's like, well, for you to use as you chose. He doesn't understand the basics of setting up a test. I hate It's so stupid. Hate what did you offer the others if they won? What they wanted most. Power. Okay, but they're illusions. Kirk, they don't want anything. You can make them do whatever you Kirk want. Kirk here is not trying to explain the difference between good and evil. He's trying to point out that the test was rigged and meaningless. He's like, you offered us totally different things. Everyone had totally different stakes. You weren't it's measuring. It's their different stakes is that you've set it a, a, an unwinnable test because you're forcing people to kill each other. Yeah, but like the rock monster thought that it had created a fair test and Kirk's like, no, it was a fucking meaningless test. Also, Everything only two is... people involved are real. Yeah. 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 The other Kirk six is... are, I don't even know what they are. Only Kirk and Spock were real. Everyone else was fake. What? Yeah, it was It was meaningless waste of time for everyone involved. Who cares? Back Kirk to the Kirk is ship. outraged. Well, fine. Yeah. And they go back to the ship. Here is where I would like to give my second piece of evidence that Kirk is, in fact, an immortal time traveler. All okay. right. He is talking to Spock about what happened on the planet. And he says, and I quote, it was so hard for me to see him die again. Like I... he was there the first time. <laughs> like, that is an interesting theory. Although I admit I had assumed that, like, teenaged emo uber nerd Jim Kirk watched, like, the hollow documentary of Lincoln's assassination, like, 75 times when he was a kid. That's a weird thing to watch. So hard for me to see him die again. It is a weird The first time was very difficult on me. The second time in the same life that I've been living for many years. Can you really imagine James Kirk surviving for that long, even if he was immortal? Yes. We've seen him through three seasons of things that would have killed anyone else that wasn't a main character. Anyways, Kirk is like, well, so much work to be done in the galaxy. Roll on. We'll never speak of this again. Yeah. Like, this this thing basically ends up with, like, Spock recapping the plot. Mm -hmm. As if we hadn't already suffered for this... 43 minute episode mm-hmm. it's so long it is so and, long and pretty pointless it does nothing it did, gives us nothing glad we all did that okay um are your count for the episode uh two ladies three people. who is the other lady uh zora and uhura oh i guess three people of color including genghis khan who at least was played by an asian actor and Kim, your count. Deaths. Do we count the fake people? I don't know. Because if we do, then Sorak and Lincoln. <laughs> if we don't. Again. Yeah, Lincoln. Again. If we don't count them because they're fake, nobody dies. Yeah. Oh, there's also a line in here of Lincoln that I feel like we should acknowledge at some point where he says, there's no honorable way to kill no gentle way to destroy. There's nothing good in war except its ending. Oh, I like that. That's great. It is actually quite good. This, he says, in between, say, And then I'm going to cut their throats when I sneak into their camp and we'll win everything. Sorry, what? That's a direct... Nothing. Nothing. It's fine. No, no, no. Good, 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 <laughs> good, 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 good. Okay, and performance of the episode? Uh, I'm giving it the actor who played Sorak because I love a good Vulcan. That would be Barry Atwater. Good name. Um, Ari? better him than Lincoln. I thought Lincoln 
Lincoln did an okay job. Lincoln was okay. Lincoln was Lee Berger. He was gallant and charming. And like a snake. snake. He was all right. Like a snake. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it... Uh, dang. I, I do want to give it to the guest stars. Shrek and Lincoln. Sorak. Close enough. Um, <laughs> I thought they both did a really good job. Yeah. I thought Lincoln's actor was charming and folksy. And you kind of did want to like him and you did trust him. Mm-hmm. He had a... Yeah. He was charming, and but he was kind of a hard ass. Like, I am going to kill these people. I'm going to sneak up from behind and stab uh-huh. them with the spear that I get. And then uh-huh. we will be victorious and dance on the corpses of our enemies. But I also liked Serac. I thought, I thought it was kind of a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that he said I thought was amazing. Yeah. And his interactions with the other creatures and his interactions with Spock I really liked. And apparently um, this episode got a lot of fan mail. Yeah, a lot of fan mail because Positive people fan mail. Strangely enough, um, people well, were... people in the sixties were doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> they were very interested by Serac. Yeah, yeah, and they wanted to see more of him, and they were intrigued by the character. But he did not show up until Awakening, thirty-five years later. Which series? which is Creed is quickly googling ENT Enterprise. Ugh. No. Okay, so there is a plot line in season four of Enterprise where in Enterprise the Vulcans are kind of dicks and everybody for the whole series is like, why are the Vulcans dicks? Like, the audience, because like, they're not behaving the way we know Vulcans. And then you get to season four and the Vulcans are like, oh, we found the true teachings of Surak. I thought those were lost to us forever. Let's rediscover our heritage. Oh, no. Yes. And so I believe Jonathan Archer, who is the captain of the yeah, Enterprise, I guess. may carry the Katra of Surak around What is a Katra? Oh, my God. His soul. Nope. Yeah. It's nope. Dumb. But nope. anyway. Anyway, you get lots of Surak, I think, from uh, Tuvok. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, he mentions it a few times. In fairness, the Katra is actually scientifically verified in Star Trek, at least for Vulcans, because that happens in um, one of the movies. Is I don't actually Bones think I've ends seen up, that movie. You haven't? No. Bones ends up hosting Spock for a little while. It's really funny. In what and also touchy. His brain? Oh. It's, like, it's, like a, it's like a thought. It's like a pattern, like a personality pattern. Sure. Because they can actually scan someone and tell if they have a hitchhiker, I guess. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, life lesson, question mark. Uh, we're going to start with Kim, because I feel like she wrote something down. She did not, but I did pick up a life lesson as we talked about this. Oh. Um, it is harder to stick to your ideals in the face of overwhelming power than to give in to violence. How's that for a life lesson? I'm parsing it. Give me a minute. It's easier to... It's harder... To maintain your and hold on to your ideals in the face of overwhelming violence, than to give in to violence. That might have been what I said. I don't remember. Cool. Passivism is hard. Yes. Um. Thank you for the succinct summary. Of you're my life welcome. <laughs> Ari, your life lesson: The Hunger Games are no way to set up a scientific test. Disagree. Lacked scientific method. <laughs> Lacked scientific rigor. Yes. <laughs> Parameters were not sound. This would never have passed an ethics review board. You can imagine the poop monster going back to his poop monster university and being like, Sue, I have concluded my study. 
And his professors, his poop professors going, (laughs) We're really sorry, but you're fired. Your study is invalidated and we want our grant back. Weren't you on an ethics committee once? Was I? Yeah, Yeah, I was. Would this have passed? Fuck no. (laughs) Generally, and I mean, I'm not an expert in this field, is that the death of any subjects is not ideal. Like, that's not the outcome that you are going for. The annihilation of one half. <laughs> one half of the people. Cream, what was your life lesson? Oh, flip. Um, if you see a space Lincoln coming towards you, just veer left. Fast. <laughs> no good can come from a space Lincoln. Oh, I've got another one. There's a reason that we play The Floor is Lava. It's to warn us off planets like this one. <laughs> well, but if we extended that logic, we would never go to Hawaii. Hmm. But it, maybe but it's only the parts of Hawaii Maybe it's lava. the combination of lava and Lincoln. Lava Lincoln. Okay. Technically, Lincoln was made from lava That's in this true. episode. It's all lava. It's all lava. Hey listeners, which is a title I bestow on you because you are, after all, still listening to me speak. If you like us, like Star Trek, like the show, or any combination of the three, do us a favor and subscribe to and rate us on iTunes so that other people can like us too. You can also tweet about us or tumble about us or whatever verb word that describes the social media platform of your choice. If it helps, we both like and appreciate you.